Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Well, I can't do it on my phone. Oh, okay. You can. I think you can still. Well, I don't know how to do it, so we, <laughs> <laughs> we are live. And, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing as usual. Uh, hey, Lisa, how cold was it at Notre Dame Saturday night? It was not cold at all. It was it nice. Wasn't. I mean, but we were down on the on the bottom, and I was surrounded by a bunch of students. So, um, I may have had like body heat, provisional body heat. And they, they didn't sit down to like the second quarter. So it was. That's the one I, place. That's. It, but it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't bad at all. It was. That's the one place I dream of going to. I just you know ever since that Rudy movie, I grew up on that Rudy. And I was like, it is, a, it is an absolutely beautiful campus. All right, guys, it's time to hit it. Let's go. All right, so we're back here for another edition of Talking Preps. How's everybody doing? Real good. Great. Yeah. All right, so. Um, I want to get right to it, guys. Grice is here. Um, so, Chris, I'm going to throw it at you. Mountain Island Charter went 9-1. and one. Uh, They were sent home early from the playoffs. They had, they had three players ejected in the 39 nothing win over Selling Carver's all on the screen. They, they had a big turnaround for the two games in the spring. The quarterback was having a tremendous season, and now they're not going to the playoffs. What are your thoughts here? I think that, you know, given everything that we've seen in previous years, the, the things the NCHSA is up against currently, uh, I think this rule needs tweaking. Um, I know if I was a parent of a kid, or let's just say I was a kid on that team, but I had nothing to do with that, and I had worked hard my whole season, or my son or daughter had worked hard that entire season, and for the actions of a couple, two or three or four guys to cause an entire team uh, to be removed from the playoffs, to me, is just – uncalled for. I understand there needs to be some sort of penalties, some sort of punishment. I agree. I mean, you don't condone this. You don't want to see this happen. Uh, I don't want to see teams just get away scot-free, but hey, take a home playoff game away. Say the coach or or the head coach or somebody takes something away from them that matters, but taking that opportunity away from innocent players that had nothing to do with it and just saying, hey, your, your season's done. I think that's in really poor thing to do. Uh, I think that there's other ways that they could find a way to, to give a more appropriate punishment. Yeah. I mean, I've been, on, I've been on the wrong side of that deal as well. Yes. Yeah. I, I think it's too punitive. Uh, I, I agree with Chris. I would, you know, I would put the players who were ejected, who, who you see on film throwing punches, they, they are expelled from the entire playoffs. And I would suspend the head coach because the head coach is responsible for letting kids know if anything happens, you go the other way. You don't be peacemaker. You don't leave the sideline. Get away from it so you don't get caught up in it. I mean, some schools even practice if something happens, how to react to it. Right. So I think you suspend the head coach 
and the participants in the fight, but not the whole team. I think that's so, so Grison Grice is in the car texting. Hey <laughs> <laughs> Gary, you you brought up something interesting, Gary, that a very good friend of mine who is an exceptional head coach is one of the winningest coaches in our state. He and his team practice that, like you said. He has a drill that they go through every week uh, to where they've got every player, every coach knows what they do. All the assistant coaches immediately form a line and don't allow any player to leave the bench. And the head coach himself goes there and handles the situation uh, to defuse it and to get his other players away from it. And I think that's what the best teams probably already do or what they should be doing. Yeah, yeah. I just want to ask you as a student, how do you feel about three players coming off the bench and, and say your high school is 10 and 0 that season? And these three dudes say they're at the end of the bench. They're not, you know, I don't know where these guys were on my now charter, but three guys come off the bench and ruin your season. How does that make you feel as a student? And do you think that's too punitive? Yeah, I mean, I'm not a player on the field, but you know, being as a student who gets to, you know, who's a fan of my football team, I think it's extremely unfortunate, you know to have to see this overall punishment than rather something that could be refined to those specific students or the coach. So I think it's really disappointing. And I think that's a harsh punishment for something for, you know, if you players could not control or had nothing to do part of it. Yeah. So and two other things I, I would like to, to add to that is if there is a fight during the game, the two teams should not shake hands. So it doesn't get flared up again. Uh, at the end of the game, and also to make sure whoever's filming the game, to make sure they put the camera on that fight immediately, mm -hmm. and to also film the um, the shaking hands at the end of the game. Because a lot of times at the end of the game, you know, some kid wants payback, um, the game is over, the camera people are packing up, and yep. then something happens and you don't have any evidence of it. Yep. Yeah, I, I, I agree wholeheartedly. We haven't, we haven't shook hands one time this year. So, um, I mean, I'm a fan of that aspect of the COVID where players and coaches just go to their side. You know, if a couple of coaches want to meet in the middle and say, hey, congratulations, or, you know, hey, go, go get them the rest of the season type deal, I'm fine with that. But, I mean, some players that are really good friends with each other, they're going to go meet up anyways at the end of the game and just say, hey, how you doing, man? He played good, da 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 da, -da. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, whenever you go through the line with two full teams, you never know. There could be that one or two that could really ruin everything for both teams. And, you know, I was thinking about something from my earlier statement. You know, again, I don't want to take away opportunities. That's the one thing the NCHSA always says is they want to give opportunities and, and create participation for the players. Yet right. you're snatching it away from a lot of people that were innocent in this deal. But, again, I, I mentioned penalties, maybe removing the head coach. I, I like that idea, uh, maybe making a team play on the road. And also, you know what, let the team cover their expenses, but absolutely take all their – their gate money away outside of the expenses away. So they're not making money off of it, but allow the kids to continue to have the participation. No, I like that. Don't, don't take away the whole season. And and one of the reasons why we're in the position we're in with the NCHSA is because of what happened in Anson County, something very similar, but Mountain Island coach Robert Washington did come out and say, we accept this. You know, we followed the sword, you know, we broke the rule. He understood it. And he didn't, at least publicly, he, he did not uh, challenge it at all. Dale Ross, I want to ask you, we've seen the, the playoff brackets. We're going to go over the one day in just a second, let the guru do, do what the guru does. But did the uh, playoff system work out well? Does it need tweaking? Definitely tweaking. 
Grandpa uh, nailed him. We'll come to you. Go it ahead. most likely needs tweaking. I, I think we need to see it play out, but uh, I, I see some teams making the playoffs and some teams that didn't make the playoffs that uh, probably should have made the playoffs over those that didn't. Uh, the seeding uh, situation doesn't look right to me. Uh, I don't think we'll really know until they play out, but uh, honestly, I don't like what I've seen. I'll say that. it's It looks messy to me. All right, Sam, go ahead. <clears throat> They're just not accounting for one thing. Like, So say you have, like just in my situation with West Charlotte, okay, you go by Max Preps rankings, it'll have us number one in 3A. Um, but when you go to the RPI rankings, it has us, what, like sixth or seventh or further down the road. And that's opponent's winning percentage and opponent's opponent's winning percentage. Well, what if you play all your games in 4A conference and some of the games you play against the number one team in the state, this number two team in the state, another top ten team in the state, out of regardless of the division, strength of schedule should play some type of role into the formula. I'm fine with the formula they have, but they need to add just a little bit more of strength of schedule. Or, you know, we could we could just rally up and all our non-conference games be – you know, versus 1A or 2A teams that are really good, that have undefeated records normally or something, or win one or two games, now all of a sudden their opponent's win percentage is higher, then it jacks our RPI up, which is camouflaged. Do you see what I'm saying? you got to understand strength of schedule. The, the max preps, strength of schedule, and strength of team is horrendously bad. Mm. So I wouldn't go with it. And I say that based on back several years ago, we – we, for several years, published a thing we called the Carolina Varsity Football Report. And I don't want to talk too much about the guy who put it together, but he could predict games after about six to seven games, nearly 80%. And Max Preps, and we were doing comparisons, and Max Preps was, uh, was predicting just over 55%. So I don't know that they had the right formula, but I agree with what you're saying, Sam. Uh it puts a split conference team in a bad situation uh, because you're going to pick up some losses and maybe some, your opponents are going to pick up losses because you're playing bigger uh, opponents, and that should be factored in. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In some manner, so I, okay, I, I do I agree to ask with you that. Guys, you know, Scott Curtis is saying Max Preps isn't the answer. It doesn't sound like Sam thinks it's the answer. What is the answer? What is the best way to see the playoffs? Do we just let the guru do it? I mean, what do we? No, do? I'm 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 not qualified. <laughs> I will say one thing that I noticed, uh, and and there's one thing that I'm a fan that they did in drawing that line in the sand and saying we have an absolute East and an absolute West. But one thing I noticed, and in certain mm -hmm. classes, I think the two A East is stronger than the two A West, but the four A West is stronger than the four A East. So you've got some lesser teams in the East that made it in the four A that would have been nowhere near making it in the 
in the West, whereas you have some West teams in the 4A who I think should have made it but didn't because of that line in the sand. So I think that their system, while it is very good, also had a very negative reaction to it. Yeah. Bryce, what are your thoughts here? Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, this I do like this new playoff system. I mean, it does need tweaking for sure. Um, but, you know, again, a big part of, of fixing a lot of this in a lot of cases, taking out split conferences is playing harder teams. And I, and I think that is the case in a, in a lot of situations. Again, the split conference situation is something that I think the NCHSA needs to deal with a little bit better. I think it was great to try to put schools in there in the same area. But, you know, you look at a West Mac who, you know, only pretty much lost to 4A schools um, outside of, of Sam's team, which we sometimes forget because how good they are that they are 3A. Um, you know, and even for Griner, and, and I, it just puts them in a tough situation as to why should we be in this? If I'm West Mac, I'm trying to get the hell out of the, the conference as soon as possible, and I don't blame them. All right. Well, I'm going to change the uh, the format of the show because I see my man Xavier Brow just uh, got in the back. So, Sam, I'm going to let you uh, – I'm going to let you uh, take an L early in the show. We're going to bring in my man Uh-oh. Hey, Sam. What's up? You Sam, you gotta improve, man. You 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 been slack, man. Me? Yeah. I'm one three weeks in a row. Hey Langston, let me let me hold on. Let me Langston, let me do my grinder thing here. Oh, you won the last one. Yeah, yeah, I went four corners. Hey, you know, first of all, grinder, I think you're gonna whoop his butt because I I got good info that he doesn't watch TV. He doesn't know pop culture, and outside about Pooh Shiesty and a couple of these other uh, newfangled rappers, I don't know if he's got much of a shot though. I'm gonna shock you. Watch. All right, all right, but uh, I don't know nothing about that stuff. I have to just hey, hey, grinder just grinder. Grice is just trying to get in your head because y'all play Friday night. That's all that it is. <laughs> but I, I get to do my real quick and, I, and I'll get kicked out. You know, Zay, I just want to say, first off, I know we, you know, got to go against each other. Uh, you know, it's bigger, it's bigger than football with us. I love you. I'm glad to see everything that, you know, that you're doing. It's something that I was happy to see you do. Beat you sound like Sam now. Say, say you're going to take it to him. I'm going to hear oh, it. I'm, I, oh, no, he knows how we're coming. And I know how he's coming. Hey, hey, I heard all the, I heard all the little. Gonna start I, 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 now. Hey, it's going to be. I mean, it's going to be I can't wait. On, on the back of your um your your pants, you have an ad to your Instagram. Is that right? Oh uh, yeah, uh yeah. So my mom, she like she made it for me like before the season, and I mean, I mean, I thought it was pretty cool, and got messed up Catholic game, but I mean, still definitely still gonna wear it. Is it a towel? What is it? Nah, it's a shirt. Like it's a whole Nike shirt. Like oh, got okay. ripped up, cap the game, got tackled by somebody. But yeah, it's pretty okay. cool. You getting any? You getting any followers from that? People seeing they saw that and picking you up? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> tell tell us about the season. I mean, I know you left Mallet Creek and went over to Butler, and, and you know what's that been like adjusting the new? A whole yeah, new I mean definitely. Uh, system. so I mean the season's been great. You know, uh, we started off. Definitely, uh, we won the first game. I mean, we had a play two tough opponents, Richmond, and then went up to uh, DC and played a, a also amazing program. But I mean, the team is starting to we're growing. We're still everybody's still developing. Like we're reaching our potential. Like Coach Coachells loves us, and I mean, everybody's just on each other. Like we have a big goal in mind. We're definitely we're striving for states. So, I mean, that's amazing. And then um on the Mallet Creek subject, you know, I mean. I just did what was best for me. You know, I love I love all my Creek boys there. Uh their family. That's the second family for me, always. And uh 
Uh-oh. 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 He got, he got, got the He got that dial-up. No, he got, he just can't wait. Hey, he, look at his Soul Train lights he's got in the back, though. This dude's official. You, you froze up on us, AJ. You froze on us. <laughs> look at them things, can boy. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you now. Yeah, you froze on a second, though. You get you, you get me now? You yeah, about, no, uh, boys, so, yeah like I was saying, yeah, I mean, right, we had a uh, had a slow start, but, I mean, we picked up later on in the season. Y'all can hear me good, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh. Y'all can hear me? Yeah. yeah. Okay, I was just making sure. Okay, yeah, but uh, we had a slow start in the season, but we uh, – we're on the right track right now. We're definitely uh, we're striving for the state championship. You know, I feel like that's everybody's goal right now. Just uh, everybody's been locked in to practice, and I mean, we we have a great chance to win it. Xavier, I'm going to tell you when you get done with beating Sam in the game show, make sure you keep watching the show because I think you're going to really like something that's coming up later on in the show. I got you, definitely. All right, so keep watching, all right? All right, so I'm going to play the bumper, and then we're going to let you beat Sam because I'm tired of Sam's little winch. Oh, my God. Brother, I'm not MJ, just Coach Griner, but I'm the GOAT of the game show. If you didn't kill me with names, I can't turn out because I didn't see the questions. All oh, right, gosh, that so, means it's bad. You, you're up first, and, and Dale has to read, and here we go. Okay. He's hands up. up. Which, hands up, man. I think you're like he's cheating. How can uh, I let's see. Which no, no, wait, one wait, of wait, these celebrities is not a queen? All right, are uh, ready? Is not a queen. Hold yeah, on, so on, A, Beyonce, B, Lil' Kim. So they got to see if I can pronounce these things. C, Cardi B, D, Britney Spears. Yes. Um, I'm going to go with C. C, Cardi B. What you got, Samuel? Man. <laughs> I'm going to go with D, Britney Spears. You are losing, Sam. Cardi B, huh? Good. You are losing. Oh, yeah. Come on, coach. <laughs> I, I, felt, I felt like when he said it, I was like, "Man, that sounds good." But yeah, what, what is what is Britney Spears the queen of? Like, I'm they just, they just call her the Queen B. It, it, it was Queen in parentheses. You saw that. Don't start acting like you. No, no, I'm just saying. What is the Queen? I'm. I've never heard They call her the Queen. They call her the, the Queen B, as they did Little Kim. All right, uh, Chelsea is on the second question. <sighs> Which of these NFL QBs never started a game for the Carolina Panthers? A, Matt Moore, B, Brian St. Pierre, C, Ryan Fitzpatrick, or D, Randy Fasani? Damn you well. I'm going to go with shot in the dark here. We'll go C. Ryan Fitzpatrick. What do you got, Xavier? God. Um, let's see. I'm going to go with. I'm going to say A. A, Matt Moore. Nope. The answer is C, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and we are tied. <laughs> so the thing to do. 100% knew that you one. You got to think about it. say the same thing as Sam, then he can't take bleed on you. This is what exactly. Sam does to everybody else. We, can't, we, we call it the four away, Listen, You can't give away strategy to hold that on time. Like, seriously, they got to learn <laughs> on their own. We, <laughs> we call it the grinder four corners. All right, Dale. Uh, okay. What is the number one movie of 2021 at the domestic box office? A, 
Shang Chai. B, Venom, Let There Be Carnage. C, Black Widow. D, A Quiet Place 2. So you, Xavier. I will go with B. D, A Quiet Place 2. Samuel. No, he said B, I think. B D. as in boy. Oh, B as in boy. I'm sorry, B. All right, Samuel, what you got? Hmm. The way he just jumped and wanted him to say it, it just that just put something like some feathers up in me. I just feel like I needed. Mm, let me think here. I'm gonna go what Langston wanted you to say. I'm gonna go D as in dog. Uh, the answer is A. Shane. Shane. All right. <laughs> We're still tied at two. What is that? Is it like the whole world? Who watches that? Ain't nobody in America watching that. Uh, it's, it was it's grossed two hundred twenty million dollars in the domestic. Somebody's boxes. watching. In these type days and times, that is really really good. All right, so let me find my next one. You thought Langston was trying to trick you? No, I, I really was. I, I didn't. Really, I swear, I thought he was like trying to force him into the answer. I was like, no, I, really, I really was not trying to trick him. I was. I, was I know it, to, it threw me a curveball. It threw me a curveball. I was man. trying to help you, but you, you know you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm, miss, I'm missing a question. Hold on, I'm missing a question. Well, you know what that means. Hey, congratulations! <laughs> the belt remains, baby. You know what? I didn't, I didn't load one of the questions. Oh my goodness! All right, All right I got it. What's the airspeed so, velocity so the, the, of the, the, the question? Is which former warrior is the Hornet Six man now? A. Kelly Oubre, B. Jordan Poole, C. Draymond Green. Or D James Booknight. And Sam is on you. I have to see these things, man. You're throwing me a handicap right now. Say the names again. A is Kelly Oubre. B is Jordan Poole. C is Draymond Green. D is James Booknight. I'm gonna go D. D James Booknight. Well, you got uh I got A. You got A, Kelly Oubre. That is the correct answer. You are up two to one. Going to the last question. Sam can only tie. Which I would keep the belt, but the win streak. The win streak is about to be over, coach. (laughs) Here we go, Dale. Let let, let, uh, Chelsea do it since she lost out on one. Obama was 44, Bush was 43. Who was the 40th U.S. president? A, Jimmy Carter, B, Bill Clinton, C, Richard Nixon, or D, Ronald Reagan? Xavier, come on, man. B. What's the answer? I, I'm going with B. D is in dog or B is in boy? Said, boy? He said B is in boy. B is in boy. Okay, Sam, what you got? D is in dog. D is in dog is the correct answer. And unfortunately, we are tied. That's right, baby. Keep that bell right here. I don't know. <laughs> The belt stays here. You had him, man. The belt stays here. You, you had got one more question. Prior to Bush, so. You had him. Hey, there's my mom right there. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> you had him. With I got someone rooting for me in the back. I got tell, someone. Tell us about. Me. Tell us about. You you already committed to Kyle's. Tell us about. You know why you made that decision and uh, what you plan to bring up there. You said what, coach? I said, tell us about your decision for college. You already committed, right? Oh yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. So I committed to Gardner Webb. I mean. I had an offer from Lenore, but I'm, uh, I mean, both great, two great programs, but I mean, went to Gardner Webb and I just loved it. I mean, they made it feel like a second home, which is the most important thing about commit to college. And I mean, the coaching, the coaching there is amazing. The offense isn't too uh, different from what I'm running uh, now and what I ran at Creek, like a mix of both. So, you know, I feel like I'm going to fit really well in their system. And then, uh, I mean, I just really, the atmosphere there is amazing. 
All right. Well, look, man, good luck to you guys in the playoffs. And like I said, keep watching because there's something hey. coming up real soon you're probably going to really like. Yeah, I got um, you. Tell, I'll tell you what, man, your dad did a good job raising you, my man. You're, you're a stand-up guy. Very competitive, but very gentleman-like. I appreciate you, brother. Thank you. I appreciate it. All, All right, man. man. Take care. So, Grice, any, any parting words? See you Friday. Oh, hey, Grice, you got like two, three days left. I got you. Hey, I'll see you. Let's All go. right, Xavier. So take care, man. Y'all have a nice one. <laughs> All right. <laughs> man, we got some that good young men around the city. Right. I'm telling you. So, uh, There's some really hey, you, good young men. You see her hand in hand now. Y'all, y'all are dialing up pressure. Oh no! Nah, <laughs> All right, so we're going to toss it to the guru and let him go through this one uh, A bracket. Then he's going to tell us about some of his uh, games to watch in the one A class. We're going to do this for each bracket. And let me see if I can make it a little bit bigger. All right, Chris, your show. All right, as you see, you've got several teams with buys coming up this week. Uh, in fact, every well, really because there's just not enough teams to fill out the 1A bracket. Everybody in the 1A that's playing football actually made the playoffs with the exception of the two teams we've already mentioned being Mountain Island Charter and Carver. Uh, but there you see the, the eastern side of it, the games this week. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to say that they're not going to be very competitive. Uh, a couple of them in the eastern side uh, I think are somewhat interesting. Southwest Halifax at Weldon are two close rival teams right up there, uh, both of them in the same county in Halifax. It's a rematch from earlier this year. So that would be a good one to look at. Uh, but Perquillens is, is just a much stronger team. Riverside Martin is a great little team. Uh, but playing Chatham Central, you know, I don't I worry about the competitiveness of that one. Uh, down there, the 12-21 bracket, um, North Edgecombe and East Columbus, that has a potential to be a really competitive game. Uh, and, and, and really for that, that's probably the only real competitive games in that top half. You look down at the bottom half, uh, Hobson and Lakewood, uh, that's a conference rivalry. Uh, Lakewood edged Hobson a few weeks ago. Uh, so that's the eastern side. And then moving over to the western side, uh, you don't have as many buys. Um, some games that I've kind of got circled, though, Drone and Elkin, I think, has potential to be a good one. Um, North Rowan and Bessemer City, possibly. Uh, Winston-Salem Prep, they didn't win a game, but they're going up to play Robbinsville. Uh, they almost beat Robbinsville a couple years ago. We'll see how that one matches up. Um, the, the Smoky Mountain rivalry, uh, Smoky Mountain Conference rivalry of uh, Hayesville and Swain County, that would probably be a really good game. Uh, they have um, always, even, even uh, typically, it's a fairly close game. Uh, and, and that's kind of how I see the 1A bracket again because of all the buys and it just everybody making it. Don't really have that many competitive games this Friday. And then we got up your, your key games for 1A, Chris. Can you just talk about those real quick? Yeah, Hopton, you know, we've talked about Hopton earlier in the year. I mean, they have just been really uh, good all season long. Uh, you, you think about the numbers, you know, they put up 80, 92 points at times. Uh, so, I mean, they're a really good team. Coach, check coach Joe Salas, uh, you know, he's been to the state championships before. They're averaging, I think, 44, 48 points a game. But the problem is, is they're giving up 42 points a game. Uh, they have won two in a row, but they played Lakewood three weeks ago, and Lakewood beat them, I think, 42 to 28. And, and looking at Lakewood, they started off the season really, really slow, uh, lost a couple really close games. Uh, but they have come on strong. They beat North Duplin. Uh, they beat Hopton. Uh, they played Rosewood, who's a real solid team close. So I, I think this has potential to be a much better game than, than maybe uh, some of the others in the 1A. All right. 
Well, I want to now um, flip a little bit, and Dale and I were talking earlier. I got uh, quite a few comments about the private school uh, playoffs. Um, people were in the Division Two, but let's let's talk about Division One real quick. Um, Sam, what do you see here? Christ School going to play going to play Christian Latin playing Raven Gap uh, next week, and in, in, in the winner the winner of uh, Christian and Christ School playing Providence Day. What do you see in this in the Division One? Um, or anything in, in these type of playoffs, you only got to win what two games to win the state championship. Is that right? Three. If you have three, to you gotta win three. Two three. Two teams have to win three and then the rest of them win two. Yes. I got you. Cool deal. Um, I think everybody in that division one playoffs is great. Great team. There's not a team in it. That's, that's weak. Um, Christian is one of the best coach teams, regardless of, if they're private school or public school, they're one of the greatest coach teams I've seen in a long time. So a lot of times they figure things out later in the year. Yeah. Um, they're going to be a tough out. I, I predict them to probably beat Christ school. And then uh, Charlotte Latin and, you know, Raven gap is that that's Raven gaps. They're a very good team. I don't know if Charlotte yeah. Latin can beat them, but. Raven um, gap beat Latin like 38 to three, two or three weeks ago in, 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 uh, at Raven Gap, yeah, and then and that's that's tough. That's a tough tough deal. I think eventually you can see potentially uh, a rematch between Providence Day and Gap and uh, in the championship. That's what I would predict if I had to. If I had one, to get it'd be one heck of a championship game. Moving mm -hmm. over to Division Two, Dale. The, this was where we had the comments because uh, Country Day was in there at one and eight. Uh, what are your thoughts here about Country Day's averaging six points a game? Uh, and they have a, they have a home playoff game. We've seen we've seen this happen sometimes with the four A playoffs. I think South Caldwell had a home game a few years ago. But Dale, what are your thoughts here? Well, that those or the situation you mentioned was kind of known could occur. And from what we understand about this situation, first of all, Country Day was thrown down into Division Two. Mm -hmm. um, they should be over there playing uh, in the uh, first round, and there be no bias sitting over there. Um, I, I see no reason when you look at the playoffs, why they would be hosting a game. And, and from what we've heard, this was, these were last second behind the closed door yeah. decision. Well, yes. And the, the private schools only have about a couple dozen football playing schools. And I think some of them decided they weren't going to play, but Gary, and I'll come yeah. back to you there, but Gary, do you think it would have been better Given the fact there were fewer Division Two teams to give a bye in Division Two and put Country Day in Division One, or just don't have Country Day at all in the playoffs. <laughs> to me, it doesn't look like Country Day is deserving of going to the playoffs right. uh, with a one and eight record. Now, of course, they play mainly a Division One schedule. Yes, correct. Uh, that would have a lot to do with that, but to drop them down. Um, I still think they should be on the road. Now, maybe it's a stadium situation that that is a part of it or yeah, they and, and well grace had a good point in the check go ahead grace yeah i mean they beat them like i think that's the part of like the part of this that is a little bit tougher in the private school and everybody's kind of guessing but if you go look at max preps country, uh, country day beat north raleigh is their only win 24 to 7 so it's a situation where country day has had to play all of those division one schools but when they adequately and kind of what Sam was saying from the public school side, when you adequately capture strength of schedule, country days playing top teams. But when they play teams on their same level, they
they seem to be beating them. And North Raleigh at 7-2 clearly is three touchdowns, you know, lesser of a match than Country Day. So I think that they're adequately capturing that and putting them, you know, giving them a home game against a team they already beat a few weeks ago. What so it's like, okay, that so it's like okay to change the crowd. Right, exactly. I think I think that's I think that's a fair thing to consider. But I, you know, it's tougher with private school. I can imagine from you know from seeing that from the outside looking in. But if you go back and look at that, I mean, they play a really tough schedule, and I don't know what you do other than send them to play a D two schedule. And I don't think they want that because they want to. You know, all these private school kids around here want to play their friends in yeah. big time games. Yeah, yeah. there's a seating criteria that was determined, and they changed that seating criteria days before this happened. You think that's okay? I'm not talking about moving them down into Division Two. I'm talking about seeding them, uh, having a home game. So changing the entire format days before uh, you announce it. That's uh, I, I can't see. that. That's just illegitimate. Well, as long as everybody agreed to that prior to. No, um, there was no there no. I mean, it's there private was. school. They've been doing it behind the curtain, Langston. Ain't that right? I've been doing it behind the curtain for so <laughs> I'm long. I'm not going there with y'all. Don't disagree with it. I'm not going there. But with no, I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. But again, seconds with Chris, and Chris has picked every single high school playoff game. Yeah, I'm going there, Grace. I'm getting out of there. Chris, 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 yes. Chris has picked every single high school football playoff game for the public schools. He's picked state champions. Sam, a little warning. You might want to go get a little sweet tea or lemonade. We'll be drinking during this segment. But this is really cool. So check this out. Let me find well, it. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hello, everybody. This is Chris Hughes, the guru of high school football. And this is 60 Seconds with Chris here on Talk of Preps NC. And I'm going to go through really quickly on my picks to go to the state championship games. I want to start with the 4A. I want to go through really fast. This is the Cliff Stokes version. But anyway, uh, top half of the bracket, I see Richmond County going very deep. They're going to take full advantage of being at home throughout the entirety of the playoffs. I think that they're going to match up with Newburn deep in the rounds. I think ultimately they're going to match up with Cardinal Gibbons, who's going to come out of the bottom half of the bracket. In the West, I think that Huff does have a potential stumbling block, block there in the third round against Butler. I think Butler is tougher than they appear. I see Butler tangling in the fourth round uh, with Grimsley, who I think is going to find their way through the defending 4A champions. I think they're going to have to find a way to beat Reagan. They're going to have to find a way to beat Chambers. That's going to be a tough one. I think ultimately they're going to rematch with Northern Guilford. Uh, but I see the state championship games uh, being played between Richmond and Grimsley. Let's move on to the 3A ranks. Eastern Alamance, I like their chances coming out of the top half of the bracket uh, until they, they meet up with Southern Nash in the third round. Ultimately, I think in the final round, though, it's going to come down to Southern Nash and Scotland County, who's going to come out. Yes, Scotland County, the 26th ranked team. I think if they get past Northern or Southern Durham in round one, uh, it, it, all bets are off. I think Richard Bailey finds a way to get back in the top half of the bracket, though. Uh, I see South Point beating Pisgah in round two, but I think South Point could have a stumbling block against uh Forest View, uh, yeah, Forest View, that tough team there. I see them making all the way to the fourth round and taking on Crest out of the top half of the bracket. I think it's going to be all Dudley in the bottom side. I do think that they're going to have to deal with either a Kings Mountain West Charlotte win or Sam right now. I'm leaning Kings Mountain, buddy. Uh, but you never know. I'm only picking 86%. I'm going to miss some of them. Uh, but ultimately, I've got the state championship games being Scotland and Dudley, 2A ranks. Princeton, they're going to make a big run out of the top half of the bracket, but ultimately they're going to – uh, have to fall 
Uh, they're going to have to tangle with St. Paul's. I think St. Paul's and Wallace Rose Hill plays for a right to play in the championship games. Uh, I think that Wallace Rose Hill is going to go through the entirety of the hard bracket. We're talking about East Duplin. We're talking about Clinton, Washington, Holmes, Northeastern. These are some solid teams. But I think St. Paul's is going to make it back to the title game. Are they going to play Salisbury again? I don't think so. I think Salisbury is going to go all the way through that bottom side of the bracket. But I think they're going to meet up with Burns in the fifth, the fourth round. I think Burns is going to find a way to beat Shelby and Reedsville in back-to-back weeks. I see Burns and St. Paul's as my state championship games. Remember, I'm only batting 86%. I could be wrong. Uh, bottom half of the bracket or 1A bracket, Tarboro out of the East. I think that's the easy choice. I do think that they tangle with Pender in the fourth round. Pender's really tough, by the way. Eastern Randolph, they're going to go through some tough teams. Drone, Murphy, Robbinsville. Uh, look for Eastern Randolph to battle Mount Airy, who's going to go through Mitchell, uh, Andrews, uh, a, lot of, a lot of really good teams. Ultimately, my state championship games in the 1A will be Tarboro and Eastern Randolph. No surprise there, guys. This is 60 seconds for Chris. We'll catch you next week. Well, I guess we know that uh, one thing is that percentage will drop significantly after this. That was a little spicy with that one, but enough about that right now. We know what time it is. It is Chelsea's world. Mm -hmm. Chelsea, who do we have this week? So this week I interviewed Donovan Spellman from Clayton High School and just kind of talked about his game this upcoming Friday against Heritage, um, his mindset for the playoffs, and his commitment to App State. That's awesome. Let's drop it. Let's go. This week, I'm interviewing class of 2022, Donovan Spellman, who is an App State commit and a senior for Clayton High School. So, Donovan, kind of before discussing the postseason, I want to shoot back to the regular season. Um, throughout y'all's schedule, what's one game that you think really challenged you guys and kind of got you guys prepared for what's coming next? Uh, well, as like as people know, we had a bad drought. I mean, we had a drought in the beginning of the season. Uh, we started off zero and three. We started like going, uh, we started going like, you know, chemistry started getting back well. So we started having a little streak and we got back on the winner side. So uh, I'll say the game that probably got us, got our heads back on was uh, the like I went against Jordan. We uh, we found out, I mean, as a team, as a team and as a teammate, as like we came back next, I mean, the following week and we got another dub. So, I mean, I feel like that's the team. I mean, that was the game that just sparked that momentum and just, you know, where we at now, so. I like that. So now looking at postseason this upcoming Friday to kick off round one of the playoffs, you guys are playing Heritage High School, a strong team. Um, kind of talk about y'all's mindset and what we can expect for that game. Uh, our mindset is just focus and discipline and trust. Uh, trusting what we got out there, trusting the play calls, uh, and just being A, B, and C on the field. So uh, I feel like we're more determined than any team that's in the 4A, uh, just just because our, our schedule, our schedule, we probably have one of the hardest schedules in the 4A. So, yeah. and I just feel like this week is, I don't think we would be done this week, so. Nice, so continuing through playoffs, um, is this something that you guys take game by game or are you guys looking at the bigger picture here? We, we have to take it game by game. Uh, as I tell the guys a lot, uh, we don't even know who we're going against next week. Yeah. So, and if we lose, and I told them it's when they go home, we have a 
today coach uh coach told us it's a regular I mean it's it, forget the regulars it's a whole new season everybody's zero and zero but it's winter go home so I, I tell the guys I tell the guys take it game by game so so we won't look too far ahead if we look too far ahead I believe that we'll forget what's so in front of us and we'll slip for sure and kind of comparing last year's COVID season and the spring to this year's you know more normal fall season what are some things that you've really seen improve in the team and some successful things that you guys hope to maintain? Uh, one thing I've seen to improve with the team was keeping like a, a, a constant chemistry with like, I mean, the upcoming play, I mean, the players, the, the returning players and, you know, the leading from the seniors and from the juniors also. Uh, so that's how, I mean, just the, just, just the, just the leading just the improvement with us, like coming together as seniors, like helping out the younger guys and knowing what we can do this year. I like that. And Donovan, to kind of get your, to get to know yourself as an athlete, um, describe what really makes you stand out on or off the field. Uh, as my teammates ask me, like, I mean, ask me like how, like, like, you know, how, well, how am I doing? Uh, I always say it's, it's, it's good to be different. So like, you know, when you stretching, uh, when you at practice, uh, I work on my craft a lot. So I also do what my coach tell me to do. So, I mean, when we at practice, I work on my craft. I, work, I mean, I work on my craft. Um, and I also, you know, go through drills. And I also, when we do, for a prime example, when we do get-offs, I do my hand movement, I do my hips, pass rush. So, yeah, that's, that's, that's one thing that separates me from an athlete and from other athletes. I work on my craft during practice. That's good. So finally, you've been committed to App State since July, and I know you have a call later with Coach, but kind of discuss some of the things that, you know, really made you attracted to that school and what makes it home for you. Oh, when I went there, it was just the talking to the coaches, eye contact with the coaches, because some things can be acting, some things you can see, uh, and just being there with the players. Uh, I was there on the bye week, on the off week, you know, and, and like they had practice, for like an hour or two, but the players still stayed out there because it was a dead period. So the coaches couldn't be out there with the players and the players still stayed out there and got somewhere with the, with their teammates. So that, that just related, that, that just shows the same thing that we do at Clayton. So I just felt home exactly when I got there, like nothing's different. I felt like I was already at, you know, Clayton. So as I seen the players getting, like getting work, seeing the coaches come back inside, you know, chilling, Drawing up, like drawing up plays on the boards for some like for the for the boys next week, you know, that showed a lot. Just talking to the coaches, looking in their eyes, no acting. I feel like I felt like, and they just continue like continue continuing showing love to me throughout July. I mean, th like through July. That's great. Well, congrats on your commitment and best of luck this Friday against Heritage. Thank you so yeah. much for hopping on. Oh yeah, thank you. I'll tell you what, Chelsea, that. That right, Chelsea, killing it I like that kid a lot. That man yeah. talking, about, talking about his craft. That's what yeah. you don't hear high school kids talking about. Well, my Chelsea, craft. thanks a lot. We're gonna toss it to the guru so they can go through the two way playoffs. Here we go. See y'all. See you, Chelsea. Um, yeah, this two way playoff bracket it, it's really stacked. Uh, East, I'll start right here with the East. Uh, Princeton is just a really. <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry about that, guys. Um, had to go. Uh, Princeton is a really <laughs> strong team. Um, 
Eastern Wayne and Kinston. That's going to be a game that I'm looking out for. Eastern Wayne is a sneaky good team. Kinston has kind of fallen a little bit of late, but they're still very good on defense. Uh, Southwest Onslow is a two-win team that I've got predicted to go to the second, third, maybe even the fourth round. A really good team. Um, South Granville played a tough schedule, a tough conference. They've really gotten better. I think they're going to benefit. I think that they got a chance to knock off midway there in that first round. St. Paul's very well documented how good they are. Uh, Roanoke Rapids, Bartley Yancey are solid. James Keenan's a team that has been really, really good. So keep out, keep an eye out for James Keenan. It's not been that long ago that they were going to two or three state championships in about a three or four year span. So we know that that area's got the talent. Whiteville is super loaded. They've got that game with Camden County. Uh, Northeastern and East Carteret will be a good game. Uh, Holmes, though, at North Pitt, this is probably the biggest game in that eastern side of the bracket. These are both teams that are probably capable of going to that third or fourth, maybe even fifth-round game. Uh, Washington at South Columbus. Uh, Washington solid. West Craven's a team uh, extremely good on defense. Uh, I look for them to, to win Friday night. Uh, another game that is there at the bottom side, Clinton at Hertford County. Uh, incredible, incredible game. That's more like a second or third round game of the old brackets, you know, back when we were subdivided. Uh, so that's one we'll keep a lookout. Uh, you know, on the west side, though, uh, Shelby, uh, we know how strong they're going to be. Southwest Randolph at uh, Polk County is going to be really solid. Uh, Providence Grove at Forest Hills. Uh, Forest Hills is really good, much better uh, than that record. Uh, I think they'll find a way to get past the higher-ranked team. Community School at Davidson, this one right here is very interesting to me. They're a really good team, 8-2 and two, uh, in, in East Gaston. Obviously, they have been really strong. I think Gaston as a whole has just been really, really good. Uh, but that um, Community School at Davidson team has really impressed me. Uh, you look there, Hendersonville really strong. Burns and McMichael. McMichael's strong, but I just don't think they've got anything for Burns. Chase is solid. We, we've talked all about uh, then Pine Lake Prep, I think that's going to be a decent game. Yeah. Uh, Reedsville at Randleman. Uh, Reedsville should have no trouble. Uh, Maiden, uh, be the last game, by the way, uh, for Mount Pleasant head coach Mike Johns, but I think Maiden's going to get through. Uh, be a defensive struggle for a while, though. Uh, West Lincoln, very tough on defense. Salisbury, we know how good they are. Bunker Hill, East Davidson, Bunker will be fine. Monroe and Lincolnton, though, I've kind of got this game circled. Monroe is super good, but Lincolnton's exceptional on defense. If you look into the games they've played this year, much better than their record shows. I will keep an eye on that game. Uh, Jay Robinson will be fine. Forbush and North Surrey, that was a conference game. They they battled to the end a couple weeks ago. I would watch that game as well. East Surrey at Newton-Conover, I don't think Newton's got anything for East Surrey, but you never know. Newton-Conover is a battle-tested team. I think they'll try to hang around. Oh, I agree, yeah, Guru. This is a great bracket. Like I said, I've called this baby flight, Fight Club since the beginning, and I'm, you know, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but that is a tasty matchup between potentially Chase and, and Reedsville. I know my guy Coach Trotter at Pine Lake Prep is going to have a lot to say about that, but I cannot look too far ahead there with McCombs against that Vaughn at Reedsville. Well, I mean, what about J.M. Robinson versus Monroe in the second round? That's a that's an interesting it, match. It would be. Huh? It really would be. Um, oh, definitely, definitely for sure. So, but I, I, I still think that Monroe, I don't think that they're going to lose to Lincoln, but I think it's going to be a tougher game. Uh, they're going to have to really show up and play. I'm sure they will, but I, I think Lincoln's a pretty solid team. Uh, I think we've got our games of the week also, just the games to watch uh, for the 2A. Uh, I think Lincoln will pop them up, just a couple that I had identified as kind of being those key games, although I kind of went through it, uh, and I don't know if we're going to have a – screen for it i don't think we are uh but anyway i think that we're going to go straight here to fresh faces whenever langston's ready to push the button let's do it
Maybe. Nope, 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 nope. Here we go. I'm sorry. I'm off the, the schedule. So here we go. The Big Five, um, two-way games. Um, there you go. See Kinston and Eastern Wayne. That's going to be a down-to-the-wire, last-second kind of ball game. Holmes at North Pitt as well. I think that that's going to be a really, really solid game. I could see it going either way. I think Holmes would be favored, but I could see it going either way. Clinton and Hertford County, uh, either one of those teams could win it. I think Clinton's really strong. They've played a tough schedule, but I think Hertford is solid. Southwestern Randolph, uh, Adam Cole's going to run all day in that game, but I think Polk's going to have a little bit to say in it as well. And then I mentioned that North Surrey at Fort Bush. But, guys, that, that's five really good games uh, for this week. Any thoughts? Where's Shane Handy coaching you, Chris? Shane Handy's at Clayton. He's won our, our, our Chelsea's interview, and he is a really, you know, they're playing he Heritage, co- I think. Yeah, he's a great dude. He coached me in college. I like him a lot. All right, so I, I had some major technical difficulties. I think I think we got to fix. But yeah, let's uh, let's go to fresh faces and see who Grice and uh, the Guru picked out this week. All right, Coach Grice, uh, this is my favorite segment. I know we've got the gyms where we talk about the big timers, but I love fresh faces. I love to talk about these up-and-comers who are really going to get it done in the next two or three years. So what do we got for this week? How, how do we feel about these fresh guys that are making their mark today? But also, hey, they might make a mark here in the playoffs. Oh, I agree. Coach, I tell you all the time, Guru, this is my favorite part because, you know, I love the gyms, but that's something I do. I get to experience all these guys you've been telling me about. You've been sending to me, knocking on my door saying, hey, coach, you need to watch some of these guys. This week, I actually have the privilege of seeing and knowing a couple, whether they've been on my sideline or the other this year, but I'm ready to get going. All right, uh, let's stay right here in Charlotte. Uh, Providence High School, Luke Bailey ran 19 times for 271 yards and four touchdowns against East Mac and a big 38 to nothing win. Uh, and as Providence, they also held the Eagles to minus seven yards rush and 57 yards. That was a big time game. Tell us about Luke Bailey. Oh, he's a kid we've seen, you know, game one for us this year, uh, you know, against Providence. I mean, definitely a kid that, you know, has got good speed. Again, if he's getting in front of you, you see he's not going to be taken down lightly. So, you know, a guy that likes to run in between the tackles, he's got good vision, able to cut up into the hole and really get going. You know, he's not a guy that's going to string a play out, you know, going to go, you know, east-west. He's going to stick his foot in the ground and he's going to take it uh, take it up upfield. So, you know, good guy here. Definitely good to see him have a big game against East Mac. But, yeah, I love, love that we were able to highlight him after a good season this year. Well, hey, this next guy, we always like to tell Coach Grinder when we're doing defensive guys, but I don't know. We we need to really kind of ring the bell right here for this guy, an offensive lineman. This may be the first O-lineman that we've highlighted here on Fresh Faces. Uh, Jace Gist of uh, Mallory Creek has got a 2.9 GPA, 6'2", 305 pounds. Uh, you know this guy real well. Tell us about him. Oh, definitely. He's a great interior lineman. I mean, a guy that you're going to see, you know, as I'm watching the film, he's going to get you out the club. I mean, that's one of our favorite phrases to say. I mean, he's going to, you know, he gets locked in on you. It's one way traffic. And I mean, you know, just a great kid, leader of our offensive line, unquestioned one of the leaders on our offense, kid that we just love to be around. I mean, every single day he's coming in, you know, coming into practice, coming into games, ready to work. So, you know, again, you know the schedule that we played and a lot of the tough teams. He's got highlights against some top opponents and some top D linemen that are lining up in front of him. So, kid I love to highlight, and I'm glad we were able to have on here. 
And, you know, sadly, you know, it's typically the, the playmakers, the big-time stars, they're the ones that typically get talked about on these shows. But you and I and all the other coaches out there know if it ain't for guys like him, none of these other guys would get those highlights. Oh, definitely. Love, love the people movers, man. He's a great guy. Absolutely. Hey, let's move up to the Bull City, Southern Durham. Uh, that's a team that's come on really strong of late. Uh, I think they're going to be a team to deal with in the 3A East playoffs. But Jabron Harvey leads the nation with 26 and a half sacks this year. Now, this is a 6'3", 210-pounder. He's a junior, too, 119 tackles. Got a handful of forced fumbles and some interceptions. Uh, he is a real baller coach. Oh, my goodness. I mean, we know the Bull City is, is, is you know, full of athletes all around that area. And I mean, this guy's no different. I just look at the athletic plays he's made. He's a tackle machine. But, again, you see him coming off that edge, you better have two or three guys ready to pay attention to him. So, you know, he likens me to kind of like, the, I guess, like the East version of James Pierce. I mean, just looks extremely athletic and just one of those guys that's just, just going to make a play. I mean, it, it's it's crazy. You know, these guys, again, they come into these games, you know they have high sack numbers. We all as coaches can see them on film spend a whole week trying to figure out what you can do to stop these guys and they still make plays i mean that's just kudos to the type of athlete that he is yeah i was looking at the the highlights right here jabron harvey he may end up being on the super team watch list uh he, he's certainly somebody we need to consider here in the next uh upcoming weeks uh, and finally here on fresh faces let's stay in the triangle area apex friendship high school uh six foot 290 pound senior quarterback dustin beach uh he had a big time game in their final game against green level friday Oh, definitely. I mean, you talk about, you know, for the season, this guy's over 2,000 yards and 13 touchdowns. It's been something in the 919 area with quarterbacks this year. You know, we mentioned the Fortune Kid, Byron Brown, we're all well aware of. I mean, we, you know, Connor Clark, even at, at Gibbons, has, has been solid. You know, you got to add Dustin Beach to that level. Um, you know, he did a great job here. Uh, 8 of 14, 269, and three touchdowns uh, at green level. So, I mean, a guy that, you know, he's going to get that ball down the field to his big playmakers. So, we'd love to see it. The 919 continues on their, you know, in increasing reputation of having top-notch quarterbacks. Well, I like that ball across the far side Ooh. of the field. Uh, that's a good arm uh, right there. Uh, Dustin Veach, uh, congrats to you. Hey, that's another segment here, uh, Fresh Faces. Again, my favorite segment here on Talking Preps uh, to have a chance to highlight tomorrow's stars today. Uh, but Coach Grice, uh, we did it again. We wrapped up the regular season, but now we get to see these guys carry their teams into the playoffs. Oh, definitely. I'm ready to see that guy that, again, he's, he's part of his, his team's playoff run. I feel like we're going to get that team that's going to be three or four rounds in. We're going to highlight another guy, Guru, that you've been talking about, and these people are going to get to see after a big playoff performance. So we're looking forward to our next crop, but salute to these guys that made it this week. Hey, let's get right into it, Chris. 3A playoffs, what are you seeing here? All right, uh, these 3A playoffs, it's going to be just absolutely brutal. Uh, I kind of mentioned that earlier in the 60 Seconds. Uh, actually, three minutes with Chris. But anyway, yeah, these 3A playoffs, uh, this week's games, even for some first-round games, I know it's an expanded field, 64 in one uh, single bracket versus the subdivided. Uh, but I still think we're going to see some typical second, third-round kind of games uh, here in this opening round. Uh, looking there in the Eastern bracket, you know, I mentioned Eastern Alamance is a team I like. East Wake, even at three wins, is a solid team. Uh, but that havelock Rocky Mountain game there right below it, uh, that's going to be a just a bloody kind of game right down to the end. I think it's going to be two strong teams. Rocky Mountain has struggled of late, uh, but I don't think that uh, – they're just going to be a pushover for Havelock. Uh, looking down there, Westover. Westover's got one of the best young quarterbacks I've seen. Uh, I do think that they'll probably take care of Vance. North Brunswick, South Brunswick, that's a rematch from a couple weeks ago. 
Uh, that game could really go either way. Lee County, West Johnston, uh, I think Lee County's a team that is going to win a couple games here. Uh, Southern Nash, though, I, I've I, I identified them. Uh, team uh, Brian Batchelor's the new head coach, taking over for uh, Coach Brian Foster. I think that this is a team, you, you remember, they've been in some state championships in recent years, put out numerous amounts of playoffs. Uh, Zonovan Knight uh, running for NC State. Obviously, we all know Julius Peppers. Athletes have never been an issue there at Southern Nash. They're going to be a tough team <laughs> to deal with. Uh, White Oak does have one of the best years White Oak has had probably in about 15, 20 years. Um, Jacksonville started off the season strong there against Western Alamance. Western Alamance is four, five, and one. I wouldn't be shocked if they won that game, by the way. Wow. Not wow. Western Alamance kind of season, uh, but still a really good team. Uh, Wilson Hunt right there. I like them 71st to West Brunswick. Except West Brunswick has struggled all year long. I think 71st, even with a freshman quarterback, is going to take care of business there. Wilson Fike has been solid. Burlington Williams is a team that has come on really strong here of late. I think Williams is a team to kind of keep an eye out for. Could win this game. Uh, Greenville Rose, uh, again, a team that's kind of been up and down, but they're so super talented. I think they'll probably have enough to take care of Croatan. Uh, Curry Tuck and Terry Sanford, that's a long ride, by the way, for Terry Sanford. Uh, Wake, uh, West Carteret and Kate Fear, that'll be a pretty good game. Kate Fear is probably more talented, but West Carteret's kind of sneaky good. Uh, I've mentioned this one, I'm uh, playing um, Scotland County and Southern Durham. Uh, we just seen the highlights. Southern Durham, they've got two. 20-plus sack guys on that defensive line. One of them's already got some SEC offers. I think this is going to be a tough game, uh, but I don't think anybody in this 3A bracket has typically seen anything like what Scotland has talent-wise. I think Scotland's still going to be a tough one to deal with. Smithfield Selma are really strong. They lost to South Johnston a couple weeks ago, but I think that they've got enough to come back. And Northern Nash, they've been dominant all year long. Uh, just flipping here to the other side, uh, Pisgah, the number one seed. I, I like them against Southern Guilford. South Point and Eastern Guilford. Uh, Dale uh, – wait, no, uh, Grice. Uh, that, that's a game I wanted to kind of ask you about because this South Point and Eastern Guilford game, uh, record-wise, Eastern Guilford looks better. But I think South, South Point's probably a little bit more seasoned. Well, I mean, you look at the teams that they've played. I mean, I think both teams, their losses are nothing to be ashamed of. I mean, Eastern Guilford's only losses are to Northern Guilford and Dudley, which, you know, we know and have talked about them both all year. We yeah. talked about South Point again, one of the old Grice's Right games of the week with South Point and Crest, which uh, South Point didn't didn't win. And they've also lost to Kings Mountain and Hickory Ridge. So, you know, it's a, I think both teams have played some tough competition. And it's going to be a battle of the running backs. That's what I'm excited about. You know, we compared A.J. Riley to, to Mari Adams of Crest back then you know he's AJ finished up at almost 1600 yards and 20 touchdowns he's facing Jaden Evans uh for for Eastern Guilford that has about 1100 and uh about nine or ten touchdowns as well so I'm excited about this one and Guru you've got to have this one as one of your top games I, I think this is going to be one to go right down to the wire no I certainly think it will um but I do think South Point's probably a little bit more seasoned at least in terms of the the week-to-week -week tough competition they've played again I've said this many times I think Gaston County is on a huge upswing for this particular season I know you see them right there in that game right under there Irwin and Forest View Irwin's a really solid team but I like Forest View in fact I think Forest View has enough to take a run you know they played that overtime game with South Point a couple weeks ago lost by three uh, something about this Forest View team, the running ability, they've got a really good-looking team. Uh, looking right there under them, Parkwood and Rockingham County. Uh, Parkwood's got some dudes, by the way. I, I really like this team. Uh, North Davidson, I think, is a team that's going to go for a couple rounds at least. A very talented team. Uh, Smoky Mountain and Hickory, uh, this is where I kind of like the bottom seed. I think Hickory is getting strong at the right time of the year. Joe Glass has certainly been doing some good things there. 
uh, West Lincoln at North Ro or West Rowan. Um, again, kind of coming out of that tougher conference with Hickory and East Lincoln and Statesville. I think North Lincoln is probably the better team. Uh, Crest should have no problem with Carson. Uh, Dudley should have no issues with Northern H North Henderson. Central Davidson and Ledford. Uh, Central Davidson won that game, I think, 46 to 34 a couple weeks ago. Very entertaining game. I think that one's going to be a tough one. Uh, Dale, I see this one right here. I was going to get your thoughts on this one. And, and Sam, too, if you want to jump in. But I think Stuart Kramer is a tough team. I don't think they've got West Charlotte talent. Uh, but I'd love to get your thoughts on this one. I'm going to try to go to this game, by the way. Uh, I think Stuart, again, you mentioned uh, what's going on over in Gaston County. I, I don't think they're a pushover. So no. I'm, I'm expecting this to be a uh, competitive game. Uh, Sam? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Wait, 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 wait. We have to always have, have a, a, a warning for Sam. Sam? Yeah, have a warning. Yeah. Langston. Langston. I, think, I think the over-under and uh, passing touchdowns is going to be six in this game between Rocha and or however you pronounce uh, QB for Kramer. Uh, both great quarterbacks, though, Grinder. That's what I'm excited to see. Y'all both, both of y'all are going to be throwing the ball. I mean, I need to get this film just so I can watch it. Goodness. All right, man. <laughs> Careful. Well, I, I mean, Stuart Kramer, they look good on film. Um, we expect to win every week we play. So, uh, <laughs> I, I mean, got you, Grinder. They don't have a heart of a lion. Come on, yeah. hey, hey, I'm hey, gonna hey, say, hey, they don't have a hey, last time, last time I checked, the lion's still king of the jungle. Hey, there we go. Let's go. Where's the game played at? Is it gonna be at Waddell? The game's gonna be at Waddell, unless we change it to the only thing Memorial? we can change it to would be like Barry. If it gets Memorial, Memorial, Memorial. What do you think in those last couple games? We're we gonna put up your, your best games of the, of yeah. The uh, I mean, obviously, Kings Mountain, I like them, even though Franklin's tough. Uh, High Brighton and Freedom, I really like this High Brighton team. Concord's got a great defense, they certainly didn't show up Friday night against Canapolis, but I think that they've got just enough to handle Tuscola. It'd be tight, it could go either way. <laughs> Oak Grove, I really like them. Uh, East Lincoln's tough. Again, came from that same league, but I like Oak Grove, and I think State will take care of business Friday night. Okay. All right, so we're going to tell you what, Chris, the disrespect. I tell you, I know we jumped kind of quick earlier, but his little prediction. <laughs> low hey, all right, all right. Hey, here, hey. Here, we, here we go. The Guru's best games from three A. Again, I mentioned Southern Ash earlier. A really good team. Um, you know, White White Oak's tough. It's going to be a good game. Uh, it could go either way, but I like this Southern Nash team to make a really deep run. Uh, Wilson Fike and Burlington Williams, two great programs, some great coaches going head-to-head. -head. Uh, Williams has been hot here the past few weeks. Uh, Scotland and Southern Durham, again, I think this is a really – I think whoever wins this game could potentially make a, a run for a couple weeks. Uh, now you look at the east. I expanded the, the top games because 3A was so loaded, but Central Davidson-Ledford – we mentioned Eastern Guilford and South Point and that East Lincoln Oak Grove game. Yeah, that's uh, Sam, you got a tough draw there, my friend. Got tough we didn't, draw we didn't get the greatest draw in the world. I'm not going to lie about that. I mean, but even no. even the classification is pretty tough. So, I mean, it's it's not going to be a cakewalk for you guys. But, I mean, Scotland is another side of the bracket, so history could repeat itself. <laughs> I hear you, my man. Would you like that? I, yeah, I'd roll with that all day long. I like that. All right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> this week we have cut down. Well, I didn't, but we cut down the Mr. Football to eight players, and we're going to find out who those eight are.
Well, there you see it. The eight that's still on the Mr. Football watch list uh, in alphabetical order, by the way. Uh, so no one feels slighted by being ranked in the wrong spot. Uh, Alonzo Barnett, Wesley Grimes. Uh, you know, we had a long discussion about Wesley Grimes and Mason Fortune. Uh, but uh, there you go. The receiver, Wesley Grimes, still there for Millbrook. Amarion Hampton, Tad Hudson, uh, Jacob Newman. No surprise, Mr. Newman made the list. James Pierce, Dalen Smothers, Hollywood. And um, <laughs> what did you, you call him? Mr. Mr. Newman. Uh, Mr. Mr. Newman. I had to do that for Mr. Bass. They yeah. see Hollywood and Jalen Walker. <laughs> Gary Richmond, what do you think of these eight? Is the one in this eight or is the one outside of this eight? <laughs> well, you know, I'm, I'm partial to Christian Hamilton, so we'll see That's how he does in the, the playoffs. But out of this eight, it's Smothers, hands down. After what I saw Friday night, now, is that fair, though, because you didn't see a Marion Hampton go for 200-something yards total offense on Friday night? Yeah, but I know what kind of competition Smothers is going to get. Or Alonzo Barnett. I mean, I can't argue. Alonzo Barnett is a beast. That's the tough part, though. We're at the eight where you've got everyone that had a tough play. I mean, again, I got front-row seats to Smothers. I got front-row seats to Pierce, you know. Uh, and I think that's the grinder argument all the time. And I mean, you know, it's hard to quantify. And I'll, I'll get on my soapbox for a second. It's hard to quantify defensive performance. And I'll, I'll give just a, a little tidbit. So we played Chambers. My quarterback was five for eight before he had the big hit that I'm sure everybody's seen that yeah. James Pierce laid on my guy. After that, he was, I think, two for like 10 or 11. That's not a stat, you know, grinder. That, that's not a stat you can put into, you know, you can put yes. out there and quantify. But that was a game. That was a game-changing play. That's like yeah, a high moment. You know yeah, and and I think that's the hard part in this. You know, in in what we do. And I mean, I'm ranting against us, I guess. But yeah. you know, Chris, even when he saw him uh, get play against Huff, I mean, he he raved about him and ranted. But it's no stat that puts him in that category, which is always the toughest thing. But I mean, with these eight, I mean, everybody has had that. You know that that performance that you've looked at them and said, "Oh, this this kid's amazing." I mean, Jalen Walker. There's some there's some guys outside this list that could creep in somehow. They're, oh, they're, yeah, they're I mean, sure. it's, it's still you know it's it's still you know open and and you know we we Chris and and Grice and myself we talked to a very prominent Eastern coach this week and I asked him you know what are you hearing is there a name and he kind of talked about you know I'm hearing about defenses but the one name he did say was was Smothers he said everybody talks about Smothers and the plays he can make after contact so here's what I'm gonna say about Smothers he's the best back I've seen around here since Jalen uh Samuels at, at Malacry wow. and, 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 and Jalen Samuels was in the NFL yeah, he, he was a beast. I mean, he's kind of an H-back but he was absolutely well, the best the best thing about Smothers is his balance like he if you don't hit him clean, he automatically can spin opposite of what you're hitting. I mean, if, if Cleveland makes it to the state championship game, y'all just got to come see this this kid in person, uh, Hampton in person. He, he's he's pretty special. And Jalen Walker, I mean, all these guys are really special. I mean, and so the super team is going to be dynamite. Um, when, we, when we do put it out. Here, here's the one thing I'll say about Smothers, guys, and I think you would agree with me. You know, if Smothers was on a team like, let's just say, Concord or Central yeah, Paris yeah. or <laughs> South Rowland, he would be the best player they have ever had in their lifetime. But because he is at Chambers and in a system that he's in and playing the competition, I think it's going to make him a better collegiate player because of what he's facing and because he's not that star. He's having to do a lot of different things. 
Well, as Grice has reminded me in the private chat, I'm way off script. I'm having trouble. Every, every week I have trouble. I'm having trouble. I, I didn't do Chris's rankings. So you guys can catch Chris's rankings in the paper tomorrow and his expanded rankings when he puts those out as well. Um, but we're going to go to Grice's gyms because I forgot it earlier. Here we go. My man Grice, you know what time it is. Oh, it's, that's that time, my favorite time of the week. If you balled, you're getting a call, man. We had some great performances, Guru, and I'm ready to see them. All right, guys, so you know we're talking about these biggest performers performing on the biggest games of the season, and nobody performed bigger uh, on the biggest stage uh, than Crest running back Mari Adams in the game against Kings Mountain. There you see that beautiful turf there. And look at him go. Uh, ran for 274 yards, Coach. So tell me about it. I mean, we love a guy like Mario Adams. I mean, he's had big games all year. Again, that South Point game earlier in the year where we knew he had already come in with these established, you know, standard of excellence. He continues to raise the bar every week. And then this last week against these Mountaineers, we had to show you love here. But 274 yards of sports I feel. You see this long one right here. And that's a backbreaker when you're in a big time game like this. Everybody knows he's getting the ball. We're coming in this game. You know he's getting the ball. Can you stop him? They couldn't. They didn't have an answer for him all night. So glad to see him again uh, on the big stage here at the Crisis Gym. Absolutely, Coach. And he is the true example of a workhorse, in my opinion. He's that guy you can just lean on and carry your team throughout the entire game, throughout the entire season. He's doing it for Crest. Uh, but let's look at this next team. Uh, the new number one, by the way, in 3A. Um, hey. Dudley High School, R.J. Baker, a huge, huge performance against, by the way, an 8-1 and one team coming into that game, Eastern Guilford, 195 yep. yards, Coach. I mean, you know, two, you know, two teams growing up that I that had mutual uh, d distaste for. But, you know, one thing about it, my old high school teammate, uh, O.C. Antonio Hall, I know he loves to run the ball. He loves guys like R.J. Baker that are versatile, that you can put out wide. You can have them in the backfield. He's going to run counter. He's going to run, you know, get that guy outside and make some big-time plays. So I'm glad that, you know, he was able to get this done. And a guy like R.J. Baker is going to be a big part of it. But I love to watch the versatility. We see, you know, here he can catch the ball in the backfield. You you got make one guy miss. Oh, he's gonna be out of here. So great game, big time game. And hey, that's a little that's a, that's a guru drop there. New number one. Hey, that's for, something for the people. I see you, guru. Well, hey, let's stay right here in the three three six. Uh, another Grinsley or Greensboro team over there, Grinsley, uh, who had their biggest performance in the biggest game. And by the way, I'm I was super impressed in both of these teams. Uh, Grimsley quarterback Alonzo Barnett the third threw for 292 yards and three touchdowns in a very back and forth team against a very good Northern Guilford team. Definitely. I mean, I don't think either team, uh, you know, hurt uh, their reputation in this big back, big time back and forth game. There's a guy that's been on, on our list for a long time. He's on everything we do, and it's no secret why Alonzo Barnett's a crisis gym. Again, he's done this in these games against teams that, that are overmatched against him. This one wasn't the case here. Big time game. Again, his coach, you gave him high praise. As we know, there's a guy that won a state title, has been quarterback and led his team. For him to say it was one of the best performances, if not the best you know, he's performed, that's high praise. You've got to make him as a crisis, Jimmy. You definitely had to get the call this week. All right. Uh, back here to the Queen City. Uh, we've had this guy on Talking Preps before this season. Uh, Grant Logan, the quarterback for Coach Chad Greer over there at Providence Day. He is on a great run here of late. Uh, this Providence Day team is really soaring. Uh, but he completed 12 of 18 for 252 yards, ran for another 115 in their big win over Charlotte Latin. 
Goodness. I mean, you know, we had been talking about, you know, Charlotte Latin, how well they were doing. This one opened my eyes. But when I saw the, this this tape and when I saw the highlights of how they did, you know, how they were able to score touchdowns, Grant Logan had to get the call here. I mean, this is a big-time win, securing the title. Again, these performances in these big-time games, a guy's, you know, high efficiency. We talk about 67%, you know, completion percentage here, four big-time touchdowns in the air, another one on the ground, that dual threat, you know, capability against a tough Charlotte Latin team. He had to get the call this week and congrats for that conference title. All right. Uh, go over to Chase High School. We've had this guy on before already this year as well, Marquise McCombs. Uh, big 41-29 win over rival RS Central. Uh, and, boy, he just continues to churn out big yards. Ran 46 times for 388 Woo! yards, my man. Big time. 46. I mean, that to me, that's a crisis, Jim. I mean, he's going to be a cold tub all-star on Saturday with that. I mean, you know, a guy we've talked about, we've used so many adjectives to describe this guy, and he continues to raise the bar, too. I mean, 46 times. I'm still in amazement at that number. We know this guy's continued to put up these big numbers, and he's done it in big games. He's done it in games where they're blowouts. He's getting the ball. I don't care what's going on in the, in the stadium. You know what he's going to do. He continues to show and prove, and I'm just completely just excited and just overwhelmed with joy to see him do these big things and be on this big stage. Yeah, absolutely. And this, by the way, this last guy is not a Grace Jims this week. He was last week. Uh, I just want to give an honorable mention or a shout out to Lucas Cachillo, uh, the quarterback over at West Henderson, threw for uh, 484 yards in the 35-28 loss to Tuscola. That was a big-time performance. I mean, again, we just went from rushing 46 times. Now we got a quarterback that threw 61 passes. I told you that Mountain Water is something different. They've gone, they they will throw the ball like crazy up there. But had to give a shout out. I mean, you know, again, you know, it's in a losing effort, but you know, he balled. We at least had to get the honorable mention. If you didn't get a call, I think we left him a voicemail guru. Had to make sure he got on there. Well, we got six more weeks of football left, so there's a lot more opportunities for some crisis gyms. It gets it's the playoffs are on the line now. Let's do or die. So, uh, how how can they get in touch with us if they put a big time game breaking season making performance on the line this week? Definitely. I mean, Guru, I think they're getting hip to the game. I saw on the weekend, I get peppered with all kinds of different things. But, you know, at Coach Jay Grice on Twitter, at Guru Chris Hughes, at Observer Preps, at Langston Wirtz Jr. Any one of those ways, let us know if you're Grice's gym. Give us film. We want to show your film. We want to show why, because too many people come out here with nominations and they're wondering why or why not they, they made it. We want to show the film to show it. We've chosen you. This is why you're Grice's gym. So hit us up, reach out, and let us know how you did. All right, guys, that's it for this week. Uh, on to the first round of the playoffs. Can't wait to do it again. Uh, oh, we'll yeah. Next week. Saturday morning, cold tub all-star. I love that. Yeah. I love is that. that. Is my man, he really had 40-plus carries? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all don't, and y'all don't have him on the Mr. Football watch list. I'm just saying. You're right. Yeah, Ain't Gary, no, y'all don't, don't, you know – Y'all don't even talk to me about it anymore. You don't show up to the meetings. You're supposed to send us some stats <laughs> on your guy. You don't show up to the meetings. And you're supposed to show, show us some stats on your guys. That's your fault. Sam will be there Sunday, though. Sam's in there. Sorry, it's on there, Max Prep. It's on yeah, Max Sam is Prep. There Sunday. Mm -hmm. Gary, is Grant Logan in the conversation for best quarterback in Charlotte? I think he is. I think he is. He's been um, really consistent. Yeah, and that and that's what you want in a high school quarterback. You you want to know what you're gonna get from game to game. Um, you know, a lot of quarterbacks have a big game, bad game, right. good game, bad game, and right. he's kind of like 
No, he, yeah, they, they started slow, but he's really come on strong. Dale, you're really thinking hard, so what are you thinking? <laughs> now, listening to Gary, I agree. The, especially at a quarterback, you want consistent play, so you know what's going to happen. But uh, consistently good is good. Uh, yeah. And, right? and, and, and they're winning. Randall Clark on the basketball show, he always says, you got to win, you got to win, you got to win. Yeah. Exactly. All right. So, I'm, I'm not yeah. Alex, and I don't know how to rhyme as well as Alex. So I'm just going to tell y'all, it's time to go to the grace is right. All right, guys, let's take a look at the 4A playoff bracket. It is Mamma Jam. I was about to say that Fight Club <laughs> is everything it's built up to be. And then some, there is some epic first-round battles, and I'm sure that we're going to talk about it here in a few moments. Uh, let's take a quick look at the Eastern side. We don't have Alex here to kind of give us some uh, big, big uh, GRE kind of words to describe some of the matchups, <laughs> but I'll do my best. Um, <laughs> Uh, starting up there, Richmond County, Jack Britt, my old neck of the woods. Uh, Jack Britt's very familiar with Richard, uh, with um, Richmond County. Um, Brian Randolph, my former coach and mate over at Douglas Bird, is the head coach of Jack Britt. He'll have them prepared for a big game to go in there and enter that big light show and get some yeah, good light Maybe blinking blink Friday night. Yep. Um, but uh, Richmond County, really like what they're looking like. Uh, Holly Springs is a team that's kind of snuck up on me. They got to seven and three, and I didn't really – it kind of caught me off guard them getting to seven and three. They had a real big win over Panther Creek last week. Um, they're going to they're face a team with a tough defense, though, Leesville Road Friday night. That's going to be an interesting one to look at. Uh, Middle Creek, Gate and Tooth, like them all year. Um, uh, Nightdale, though, by the way, they're five and five. Nightdale – I'm not saying Nightdale is going to beat Middle Creek. They might. They very well may, but that's going to be a heck of a ball game to look at. I think that's the fans are going to really get their money's worth in that one. Uh, Pine Forest has been strong all year. Jordan's a team that's come on strong like them. Hillside has just been dominant these last couple of weeks. Uh, taking on D.H. Conley. Remember, D.H. Conley started off the season, didn't hardly win any games, so they've gotten really hot lately. I think that's going to be a big ball game. Millbrook, uh, we know all about Grimes and Fortune uh, taking on – Traditional power Garner, who has kind of looked like Garner of old and flashes this year. Uh, I don't, I don't know how that game would turn out. I think Millbrook is probably a little bit better, uh, but Garner's going to show up. Here's a game, though, guys. I've got circled in, guys. Uh, I mean, this is a tough draw for Pinecrest. They're a great team. Yeah. They're probably the better team. But man, you get to take on a team that you beat earlier in the year, and it's a razor thin game. That's a tough one, tough one, tough one. No, I agree with you. That's my Cinderella story, honestly. I think Byron Brown's going to get it going. And, I mean, anytime you got a guy as dynamic as Noah Rogers, doesn't matter what you did in the past as long as he comes ready to yeah, work. Yeah, and I, mean, I kind of agree with that, Grace. I mean, they, you know, Chris and I sat at the state championship last year and said there's no way they won't be back. It, I mean, they had all everybody coming back, and then they started out so slow. But they were playing everybody on the road yeah. almost as though they were saying we know the East isn't as strong as the West. We want to make sure when we get to the playoffs, we're battle-tested. And yeah. to you, Chris's point, to your point, they're battle-tested. I wouldn't want to see Rose on the other side. I wouldn't want to see Brian Brown on the other side. That dude is tough, and he's accurate, and he's really, really good. You take a look at all five of the games that Roseville lost, and all five of them are games they could have won, um, most of them on the road. Uh, and, and, and I do – 
Coach Robert Curtin's probably going to be glad that I'm picking against him because every time I've picked <laughs> against him, Pinecrest has won. Uh, but I just think this is a tough game for them. I'm uh, moving on down the bracket, though. Newburn, they're going to be really good. Uh, Wakefield's kind of sneaky tough. Uh, they can stop the power. They got a chance to stop Newburn, but that's a taller task than said and done. Uh, Cleveland, what more can we say about Amarion Hampton? Fuquay and Laney, that'd be a tough game. I kind of like Laney in this game. Cardinal Gibbons in New Hanover. We know what Gibbons is all about. Clayton Heritage. That's a tough game. By the way, uh, Sam, that's Shane Handy's team at Clayton. Uh, I, I don't know. That could be a good game. Hoggart, Corinth Holder, uh, Southview and Sanderson, Southern Alamance and Panther Creek will be a good game. Typically in these uh, 15-18 and 16-17 games, you get the best games. And Wake Forest uh, going against three-win uh, Hope County. Uh, but let's flip it here to the West. I know we all want to talk about that. Huff and Page, I think that's a closer game uh, than than meets the eye. Uh, I, I do think Huff is going to win, and they'll win big. But I tell you what, no, Chris, Derwin Gray, you guys had Derwin Gray on talking preps overtime. He called Huff out, and I was like, I don't think the rest of North Carolina wanted to see Huff get called out. Because I've heard from some of their people, they didn't like those comments too much, and they're, they're really. Gonna what did he say? What did he say? He said that they, they always watching all the time Gary. and they don't get it done. And when are they going to get it done? Thanks for watching, Gary. Yeah, I thanks for watching. That. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> go back and watch it when, when we turn off, Gary. YouTube it. Go back and watch it. Wow. <laughs> hey, this next game, South Mac and West Forsyth. I talked to West Forsyth coach Adrian Snow, and and his his thoughts or his quote exactly to me, and he says, "Man, these guys are good." I mean, he, he didn't say he couldn't beat them. He just says, man, they're really good talking about South Mac. I think we all know that. I think that would be a tough game. I would probably uh, think that South would come out, but I still think it's going to be a tough game. Uh, yes. Sam. Yeah. Oh. I think that, like you said, South, that's a tough draw for Huff, in my opinion. Um, if South Mac wins and Huff wins and they meet in the second round, that's a – I mean, there's no easy games in this foray, like, you know, Grice says, you know, it's the fight club. But, man, that's a tough draw right there. South Mech, I wouldn't want to play South Mech or Catholic the colder it gets just because yeah. they're so good in the trenches. I mean, they're they're nasty, both of those teams in the trenches. And I think, I the, thing, I think the thing is going to be a big issue this year is just staying healthy in the playoffs. That extra mm -hmm. week, that extra pounding yeah. that you got to take to get there and coming through, as you guys always say, the 4A West is the toughest division. It's going to be really hard for that 4A team to survive all this and then come face a fresher, I mean, according to Chris's picks, a fresher Richmond County team in the championship game. But, Sam, looking at that, that Mallet Creek-Butler game, what do you see there? Um, <laughs> I think that's a you know tough matchup for Butler as well. I mean, Mallet Creek. No, it's Butler. I mean, well, Butler. No, I'm saying I think Butler. <laughs> <Look at Grace. laughs> it's no. Butler. I'm saying Mallet Creek, though, they're really good in the trenches. You cannot – their front seven on defense is better than you think. Um, I think Butler is going to be the better team just because of that quarterback. Now, say all of a sudden, I'm just going to say, you know, what if that quarterback didn't go to Butler and he was at Mallet Creek? Would you still feel that same way? Yeah. And this is not directed at you, Grice, but Butler's just got a more stable, experienced staff in, in playoff football. Gary has been ripping Grice like and for the yes. last I'm not ripping Grice. I'm not ripping Grice. Hey, Matt Trick is underachieved this year. Continue, please. <laughs> <laughs> Well, guys, Davie County's been scoring points all year, but they're taking on an Asheville team that has just been really good the last few weeks. 
Uh, going up in the mountains is never easy. It's going to be cold up there. You know, they like to throw the ball around, and Asheville is going to come out on physically. Uh, I really like Asheville in this game. Uh, Glenn has just been lights out good, and they've played a tough schedule to boot with that. I think Glenn and Providence, I know Providence is good, uh, but I like Glenn in that game. Uh, I told I told Grice that I thought this Myers Park Morrisville game was closer than the meets the eye, and that I even thought that Morrisville had a chance. And Grice kind of looked at me with a cock eye, but uh, I don't know. What do y'all think? I think Myers Park's struggling to score right now without their receiver, and I think that inability to score relying on your defense, it can come back to haunt you. Um, and I think you know Morrisville could definitely get in and get that running game going to keep the ball away from them. Um, yeah. I think it'll be a low-scoring game. I do, too. I think it'll be a low-scoring game, similar to last week with the Olympic game. Uh, yeah. East Forsyth, uh, they should be all over Southeast Guilford. Uh, East Forsyth, in my opinion, is just continuing to look good every week. Archer Kell, Northwest Guilford, um, that could be an interesting game, but I, I do like AK in this one. Uh, Weddington and North Mech, um, just a tough draw for North Mech. Uh, I think Weddington is just so good running the ball. And Dale, uh, and, and we can even talk about Weddington, but that Marvin Ridge Catholic game, you got a Catholic team as it gets cold that runs the ball. Uh, what do you think about that one? Well, these two teams know each other very well from previous conference experience. Uh, you know, on paper, they look to be two fairly evenly matched teams. I I did take a look and I saw that they only have one common opponent and that was independence. And they faced independence early and Catholic late, but uh, I think uh, I'm, I'm looking for a competitive game and I, I, I like Catholic, but I would not write uh, Marvin Ridge off in this. Yeah. yeah I think the association has a cruel sense of humor. Those teams want to Kelly got in their conference. Okay, get him out of your conference. I was searching Coach Carter's Twitter to see if I could get a get a little quote there. If I'm him, I'm like putting a meme or something. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> I think uh, I think it's a down to the wire kind of game as well. It'll be physical. I think it could be a one to three to a six point game. But I kind of like Dale. I think it's going to be yeah. Catholic is just so seasoned in these playoffs. They yeah. just find yeah. ways to win. Uh, Weddington, I mean, Watauga and Cuthbertson. Cuthbertson, guys, is a really solid football team. I don't know nobody probably believes it, but if you look at every film they've played, they are a really good mm-hmm. team that's just – Got a good quarterback, A.J. Colombo. I agree with you. I watched them play South Mac. Hey, Guru, sending Jerry Moore's team. grandson back up to Boone. Came yeah, I was about to say together. that. You know, um, going back up to Boone to play uh, Watauga. Watauga is really good at what they do. you got the double wing, the running the ball. They just find a way to score points. It's a really good-looking team up there. Um, Northern Guilford, in my opinion, got even more cool points in my book uh, in how they played Grimsley last week. I think this Northern team is really good. The one thing that scares me about them is that they are a throw-it-all-over-the-ball field kind Mm -hmm. of team. And when you're dealing with uh, the playoffs and the cold stuff like that, uh, I worry a little bit about Northern Guilford. Lake Norman is going to be physical. Uh, they're, they're not going to back down. Um, Gary Hickory Ridge, Dacey Reynolds. Uh, I like Hickory Ridge, but what do you think? Well, I think AC Reynolds is going to be very physical. Uh, they're going to play um, what I like to call defensive football, where you depend on your running game and your defense to win the game, and you want to keep it close until the fourth quarter. Um Hickory Ridge has been blowing teams out. And when you get to the playoffs, if you haven't had a lot of tough games in the last three or four weeks, um, and then all of a sudden you get hit in the mouth, 
you don't know how they're going to respond. Um, but if they can get off to the hot start like they normally do, then I expect Hickory Ridge to win. But, you know, it's playoff football and that old school mindset of playing defense and running the ball. Um, I don't think AC Reynolds is going to get impatient. They're going to stick to their game plan, but um, Hickory Ridge has got the dude. Yeah. You know, <laughs> the dude. <laughs> they got the dude. And if Garrett was doing Mr. Football, we know who'd be number one. <laughs> well, another thing. I'm with, I'm with Gary, though. Like, I want, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm a, I want Smothers to come up with this best Ric Flair thing. You know what I'm saying? To be the man, you got to beat the man. You know what I'm saying? Like, do some type of little little skit, and I'll, I'll, we'll post it on our show. Yeah. <laughs> All right, oh, let's yeah. these last three so we get to your feature games, Chris. Um, well, by the way, we might get a chance to see uh, Smothers and um, and Hickory Ridge go back at it again next week. Uh, so, yeah. anyway, uh, Chambers and South Caldwell, uh, we, we have a feeling uh, that's going to be a tough game for South Caldwell. Um but they they won't. I'm saying down. 200 yards. They're a physical team. Yeah, they won't, play they won't back down. Reagan right. and Porter Ridge. I really like Reagan in this game right here. Porter Ridge. It's going to be a close game. It could go either way. Reagan is really battle tested, and they're really good as well. Grimsley at Cox Mill. Uh, I think we have an idea. They played last season in the regular season, and it was not. I'll take. Close. I'll take Porter Ridge in that game. But yeah, but let's talk about our game of the week in this week. Well, wait, wait, Chris. Before before we get to the game of the week, I wanted to, to let let you talk about your the games you think are going to be the best. Just real quick, there. Yeah, well, I kind of already kind of touched over them, but I go again. Holly Springs again. Uh, come on strong of late. They're taking on a team I think is much better on defense and Leesville Road. Laney is really good, especially at quarterback and receiver. They have just been putting up buku yards all year long. I think that they're just a little bit better than Fuquay. Fuquay might be a little tougher. Laney's a little faster. Rollsville at Pinecrest, again, I mentioned that. I just think it's an unfortunate draw for the Patriots. Um, West Forsyth, uh, mentioned that one. We'll talk about that here in a second. We, we, we kind of broke down Catholic and Marvin Ridge, two tough teams. Catholics typically finds a way to win, though. Yeah, I just I just think that's so ironic that those teams got to play Catholic in the in the playoffs if, if they want to keep going. I, I just that that's right. it's like the association has a cruel sense of humor. Ironic. All right, it's time for our game of the week, Grace. You ready? You got your you, you got your know. water bro clear. Here we go. Uh, you you know we had to choose this game again. West Forsyth at South Mech. I mean, I think it's going to be a great game. I mean, two teams that are very similar in how they like to operate. I think it's going to be a, you know one of the best that that we're going to see all um, all Friday night. First one, I mean, need solid QB play for success. Uh, you look at West Forsyth, who turned to a new quarterback, a sophomore quarterback in Burt Rice. Uh, you know, we've all, you know, well chronicled the the QB kind of uncertainty with injury for South Met with uh, backup court, senior quarterback uh, Nick Gates stepping in for Michael Reese um, after the Ardrey Kell game due to injury. So whoever can settle their quarterback down, you know, watching a little bit of Burt Rice against East Forsyth, you know, noticed a little bit of, of that uncertainty and kind of that sophomore jitters, if you will, in such a big time game. Hopefully he can get settled down for this one. I don't know, you know, it, hopefully Michael Reese is 100 percent. Uh, healthy. I was actually at the game, at the Archikel game. He got hurt. Um, hopefully he's good to go. If not, either way, it's going to be, you know, dealing with his injury and making sure he's okay. 
or also getting the backup QB ready to go. So whoever can have the best, you know, not great QB players, I don't think that's needed for the way these teams like to operate, but whoever can be solid and, and you know, minimize turnovers, that team I think is going to be successful. Um, you know, I'm a young guy, but again, I got some great old advice from my grandparents that always tell me to dance with the girl that brought you, you know, dance with the girl you brought, dance with, you know, do the things that you, you know, that, that you've been doing all year in these big moments. And I think for both of these teams is running the football. We are very well aware of Mr. Newman as uh, Coach Fuller <laughs> has chronicled uh, or has, you know, stated him. We know who he is, Mr. Football, um, you know, Elite Eight finalist, if you will. But also on the West Versailles side, Javante Long is a great back. I mean, I was watching some film of him. I texted Guru immediately like, hey, I know you know who this guy is. I'm not tripping, right? He's very good. And he responded immediately, um, you know, to speak to the quality of how good he is. That's going to be a guy that's going to be counted on to have a major game here if they are to pull off this victory. Uh, so, you know, again, both teams have to lean on their guys, be creative in how they get their guy the ball, because I, I know both defensive coordinators are well aware of the other teams running back and how they're going to get a lot of touches in this game. And finally, we know these teams, you know, defensively are great. You know, West Forsyth, you know, only has given up 17 points per game, you know, against. They played some good teams. We talked about East Forsyth. Clearly, they, they've they had some top-notch uh, opponents in what I call the baby IMEC up there. Uh, South Mech, they've only given up 9.9, uh, you know, 9.9 points per game. Shoot, this Friday will be three weeks to the day in which they've last been scored on. I mean, and that includes Myers Park in that. So, I mean, they have an outstanding defense. I mean, you look at West Forsyth, the two brothers, Caleb David and Mac David, are going to be vital if West Forsyth is to slow down Jacob Newman in any way. Uh, you know, even on the South Mech side, you've got the Reddit kid, at linebacker, a senior. Panos Berlos is, you know, we've, I feel like he's been starting varsity for four years, it feels like, of how much we've talked about him. And also a, a guy for me, Benji Tidwell. He had a pick in the Myers Park game, and I thought he played pretty well there. These are going to be those stars on both sides of the ball on defense that I think are going to be key for the success here. But ultimately, to me, it's going to come down to, you know, the stars of this game. And whoever's stars have the better game, that's who's going to be a team to win. Yep. You mentioned Mac David. He was on our preseason football, Mr. Watch, uh, Mr. Football Watch list. Son of former Carver head coach Brent David. He's one of the best just all-around football players, hand-in-the-dirt linebacker. He's a running back on that team, too. He, he's really good. So uh, they'll have to deal with him as well. But, hey, we're in the three shot. We know what that means. What time is it? Lock the cage, baby. Lock the door. Welcome to another edition of We got four questions this week, so I kind of want to throw you a little bit of a curveball. It is World Series night, so I'm going to throw some fastballs and some curveballs at you. Uh, Coach Griner, I'm, I'm assuming you want to defer, but since we do have four questions, I'll give you the choice. Yeah, we're going to defer. All right, well, we're kicking off to you, Grayson. Let's go ahead and hit it here. Round number one of Coach versus Coach, excluding Chambers, which seed, seven or lower, is making the most noise in the playoffs? We talked about them already. I've always said until I see them on the ground and their hearts not beating, you cannot count out Charlotte Catholic. You cannot count them out. A favorable draw with, with Marvin Ridge, a team that I don't think is unfamiliar, if I'm not mistaken, grew off the top. I think they've got Northern Guilford would be that next game. That's a sneaky game in which, again, a team that's not super familiar with Catholic 
they can sneak by them. I, I think it'll be a you know a, a tough chance, but we've seen Catholic do more in a lot of these situations, and that's just always a team for me that is gonna come out here battle tested, ready to go. Their kids believe they they win they win state championships. Their kids believe, and it's something to that when your kids always expect to do their best and expect for that result to be positive and favorable to them. Don't count out Charlotte Catholic. Yeah, it's hard to count out Charlotte. Charlotte Catholic. I mean, they've been doing this for what four years straight. They won four state championships in a row. I mean, <laughs> they're very difficult. I think they got a great draw. If um Hickory Ridge, you know, I think Hickory Ridge and South Met got tough draws, both of them. And I think both of those would be my other sleepers. Um, I think South Met can do some damage. And I think I don't think Huff really would want to play those uh the South Met team as well. That's a tough matchup in the second round. Um, but Hickory Ridge, I mean, think about it. Chambers has got to come to Hickory Ridge if they both win. That's a different environment than playing at home. And uh, I think they don't have that scared factor at all. You know, when you go into the game against Chambers, you know, that first quarter, it's it's a wild factor. Then all of a sudden, you know, if you can play with them, now they're going into the game, they know that they can play with them. So I think Hickory Ridge can make some noise as well. No, I agree. And just to throw it in there in the three, I have a 23rd seed going to the championship in Scotland County. We'll see if that plays out. But I think that if they can get past, uh, I think, the 10 seed, yeah, the 10 seed in Southern Durham, I think either of those can make some noise. Uh, but anyway, uh, Coach Griner, you're going to be up now for this next question. Should state semifinals be played at neutral sites in the East and the West? No, I don't think – I like – I think that whoever's got the higher seat, if we get the seating stuff correct <laughs> um, in the future, it's the way to do it. You know, when you go to the state championship game, that's the neutral site. Um, I just, if we had one other thing to throw in, I wish we could play at Memorial Stadium. Now, that would be one thing that I would play as a neutral site. That'd be pretty cool. But you can't take both answers. No, the answer is to play oh. these games at Memorial Stadium like a Final Four. You got all of the Charlotte rated, you know, related semifinals that are in, you know, in the area to put them, you know, start one at one, the next one at three thirty. If you could do just a day of football for the Charlotte area or for wherever, even if it's in, you know, Matthews and Union County uses the sportsplex. I think these neutral sites would be great opportunities for one. Some of these teams again, Griner, how great would it be to be able to get the gate? from a 10,000 seat, you know, Memorial Stadium and what that could do for your program for one. Two, to get all of your alumni, to get everyone out there, to get neutrals. I think it's a great opportunity to make these games pretty big. Basketball gets that opportunity. And I think you see that even in college with the final four. Football deserves that same level of, you know, of, of light shine on them. And I mean, too many times we see the crime of it being at a game and we've seen it, you know, in basketball with the West Charlotte situation, we've seen it advance where the rain and, and certain teams, you know, not wanting to play there, put it at a, a neutral site. So these teams can have all of their fans come out and that would just be such a great environment. And I would love to go to see it. So what have you got Grimsley versus Chambers? Is Grims, they're going to play at Memorial Stadium? I mean, where, where would they play at? You said neutral site. So I'm just, can, you know, I'm concerned about your your answer. Oh, again, you could find a neutral site. I mean, I think, but one, I mean, Jameson Stadium a lot of times is utilized as a neutral site up there. Shoot, put it in Aggie Stadium, you know, in Greensboro. Put it in, a, you know, it's a place where you can have a lot of people go. There are plenty of opportunities. I got you. You, just want a big, you want a bigger venue is what you're saying. I, I want a bigger venue to highlight. Not necessarily a neutral site. It's just a bigger venue. I got you. Yeah, so, and I think that's the point of the neutral site is, yeah, all these neutral sites are going to be bigger venues in my opinion. I got you. I'm with you on that. 
I've been saying for years, I'd love to see Aggie Stadium used for state championship games. Uh, but anyway, Grace, so we're going to stick with you here in question number three. What changes would you make to the NCHSAA playoff selection process? I think I would place more weight on the strength of schedule and I guess less on whatever the opposing, whatever the. the it should not have occurred. It should be on. It should. <laughs> I feel like I'm giving the grinder like. Know, okay. but it's true. It's true. It's all about who you played and how well you did against them. That's it. That's all that's all it's about. And I think too many times people get caught up on, oh, well, you know, we're just going to play these teams to make sure our record looks good. And, hey, that's cool. But at the end of the day, it matters the quality of teams you played. And I think that even a close loss in a lot of ways is more valuable than a blowout win against a team that's not worthy. And, and, I, and I don't know. I think that the committee is trying to get to that, which is why you know I'm you know I admire that. I think it's great, but it's just they need a little bit of tweaking to get it done. It's not a perfect scenario at all, but I think they're moving in the right direction, and I commend them for that. And if the answer to everyone's you know everyone's gripe is to play better competition, I think we're moving in the right direction. Yeah, I think we're moving in the right direction. And Dale's in the back saying the RPI kind of does that. Oh, yeah, it's, 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 it's in that direction. It's, it's that's incorrect in like in our situation. You know what I'm saying? Like it. We played, like, say, Independence, okay? Independence didn't have an outstanding record, but they were a really good football team. Uh, they beat a lot of 3A teams that are in the playoffs right now, and we beat them, but it hurts us, the opponent's winning percentage, the opponent's opponent's winning percentage. It hurts us down the road. I think they should have just one little additive when you have strength of schedule built in, just like Grice said. You have strength of schedule based upon, you know, everyone's ranking from top to bottom from state. OK, then you can put in all that opponents winning percentage and opponents opponents winning percentage. You know, I think that all needs to be accounted into it. And then you get one great formula. OK, um, Sam, you're a head coach and you kind of dealt with this a couple of years ago. Uh, what would you do? Uh, how would you find a way to punish teams uh, that are dealing with fighting without kicking them out of the playoffs? Uh, yeah, definitely. This is a I always say that. Life is more in the gray area and it's not black and white. And when we do these rules, it's black and white type rules where, you know, it's either this, but th there's so many different extremes and it's more the gray area. I think we should just have more room in changing the rules so that people can observe the film. All right. Was this, this person, this person needs to be, even if you just say the head coach is gone, I still think that that's black and white type rules. I think you need to be able to look at the situation and be able to evaluate it and do it each section. I know it might take a little bit more time, but those kids deserve it. You really study the film and say, all right, you know, it took three minutes for people to settle down. Then something happened. You know what I'm saying? Because things happen and it takes three minutes to stop something. That's who's, the, who's you know, administering the game. You see what I'm saying? Like who's controlling the game? Like Kids, after a few minutes, they're going to be like, hey, I got to go get my guy. I got to get my guy out of here, you know, or whatever the case may be. Now, someone's fighting. You just suspend the players that, that threw any punches or left the bench area. You could do that. Now, if you got one guy leaving the bench and just grabbing his own guy, bringing him back, are you getting rid of him too? Because that's the black and white rule. You know, you left the bench area, but you went one step and pulled a guy back. You know, I don't know. I don't get that. 
I mean, I think you you have you create a separate subcommittee to to investigate these, and and it sounds mm-hmm. like a lot, but when you're like affecting these kids' futures, and I I had to see one of the mountains, you know, Mount Island Charter parents writing their senior, you know, post on Facebook, writing their senior post saying how this kid's season, who had an amazing season, was done, even though it didn't deserve to be, even though he didn't throw one punch. No, we need to take the time again. If if cops or you know sheriffs or whoever are at every game, we need their statements. We need video. We need to actually investigate this and actually look and see exactly what happened to get a report to say, hey, these are the things, these are the facts that occurred in this fight. And based off of these facts, we're going to make a decision there. Again, if we're having police at these games, they need to be responsible in some form because they're getting paid. They need to be responsible or we need to place that responsibility in ensuring that we have an accurate representation of what happened. Um, I, I just don't think we can be trivial about these when we have kids' futures that are at stake. So with the same time and, and, and you know effort that we spend to doing all these other things, we need to make sure that we have the facts of the fight. If Griner was over there throwing haymakers at the other coach in that game, you know, kick his butt out, don't have him go. But if Griner's over there holding all of his team back and one of his kids over there getting the crap beat out of him and Griner runs over there to get him, then I don't think that's a situation where Griner's team deserves to be kicked out. You know, we need to have some actual fact-based and, and common sense to this situation. And I yeah, think it's common sense. And we struggle with that because too many people want to just go letter of the law because it's hard for people to apply common sense. You know, Dale, Dale said the police is there for crowd control. Well, the situation I was in a few years ago, Dale, just to give you a heads up, um, it was the same kid. The kid got shot at Butler. It was playing on a Monday. And uh, the situation was very difficult because one of our kids got carried into their bleachers mm-hmm. like near the and then the fans did get involved and then we had, we stayed back for at least a minute and a half and then eventually got to the point where we're like oh man this kid could get like killed so am i gonna be able to talk to this kid's parents and well, we can't leave the bench area even though your kid's getting stamped on, you know, stomped on or whatever the case may be. Yeah, like police. Can't police the more traffic, I'm like, punch a referee. I'm getting going out in handcuffs. Like, they're just not looking at the crowd. They're controlling. They, they, they're doing their job. I mean, we started but the they show. They can responsible for keeping track of every coach, every kid fighting on the field. There's not enough of them, and that's not what they're there to do. Right. That's correct. I'm not right. saying all right. the laws. Sometimes, sometimes film can tell a different story than actually what happened. Film, exactly. No, Chris, Chris I'm just saying that, that, that support that. that we Again, I need we need someone, again, that, that's uphold to a certain standard of integrity, which I believe our law enforcement are. I'm not saying they're the sole voice here, but right. there's someone that's that doesn't have a, you know, they don't care who wins. Right. They're there to give the facts, and they can help in addition to film, because we all know that film doesn't capture every single situation. Well, we can a lot talk of times they're this. there at the handshake lines to make sure no one's fighting in between. We, we could talk about this all night, and I think Gary scripts a lot of this out for me, and he obviously comes up with some great topics. Um, uh, uh, I got a comment. Oh, Evan. Evan said we had no World Series coverage at all. Evan, the Bravos up three to nothing in the fifth. We're uh, trying to go watch they're, they're, they're oh, the like, watch the top, baby. We're biased. We're biased. Uh, they're about to close it out. Uh, Chris, any comments here before we get out of here? John Vestal says uh, South Granville, South Granville is four and six, and Midway six and four. And uh, I'm, I'm not really sure what he's saying this. Well, South Granville won the two A part. I'm not sure how they got ranked that way, but I'm just saying South Granville played a tough schedule early on. Uh, I think that they will probably be rewarded. I think that's a tight back and forth kind of game. Uh, I think John's son, by the way, is the quarterback at South Granville. Uh, I think John okay. Granville's a really okay. good looking okay. team. Okay. And I, I, I would like my chances uh, against Midway. 
Although it'll be close. Fellas, I'm, I keep trying to tell y'all week after week, and y'all think I'm kidding when I say he's the number one voice of high school football. He knows that, his parents, man. That, there's nobody on any show, any newspaper, anywhere. I'm telling y'all. I mean, it, it's just not. And, and I'm the, not only, the only downfall is his percentage is going to go way down after these playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> Gary, Gary, he literally said hey, his third cousin's second brother is the running back. I know, right? Like, I know, right? That's, that's why I say All right. We, we, we're heavy and we reached the time of the show. It's time for the big star to make his big proclamation. <laughs> Not no big star here, but big <laughs> shout out. Big shout out to my boy. I said y'all earlier, told you earlier before we started the show. Um, one of the things I look forward to every week is uh, going to church early in the morning and, and the meeting with my brother, Jupiter Wilson, uh, enjoying service together and, and worshiping. It's a great deal. I'm rooting hard for him, even though I got my own game. Uh, last year I went to his uh, playoff game and I really was rooting hard for him to be a part of his first win in a, in a playoff setting. Um, this year he's going to get it done. Go Hickory Ridge. You know, sorry, can't be there. We got our own game and we plan on winning too. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I thought you were gonna go somewhere else. I thought you were gonna get on Chris and pick it against you, but it's all good. That, that's all right. I'll let I'll, I'll let him show up to the game later. On. I will. If y'all play Kings Mountain, I'll be there. Uh, the Bravos are now up five to nothing in the top of the fifth, so Atlanta's gonna be going nuts. So uh, in in just a second, they're gonna tear down Peachtree Street or all eight hundred Peachtree Street. Which one? <laughs> all right, guys, we got the replay coming up. Uh, we'll have a uh, next week. We're gonna talk playoffs again, just like this. Bring your questions, bring your comments. We're gonna turn the guru loose, let him get hoarse. Talk about football. Uh, we'll have plenty of coverage this weekend. The super team is coming. The super team is coming. Uh, December, <coughs> and uh, I'm Langston. That's Coach Griner. That's the guru, the number one voice of high school football. The great Dale Ross, Gary Richmond. The substitute teacher is Grice Cosm and Jonathan Grice, the assistant coach at <laughs> High School. And we are talking preps. Hey. Oh.